Welcome to Pocono Mountains Podcast. I'm Jim Hamill. Episode 12 of Season 2. Well, the Poconos is steeped in history. And this week our region celebrates, having held events commemorating Juneteenth, which is being recognized as a federal holiday for the first time. As I record this episode, I'm in downtown Hawley near Lake Wallenpawpack. While it's not part of the Confederate South, there are stories based in historical accounts of Prince Rose and his wife, who settled in what's now considered Hawley. According to the history books, Ms. Rose had been a slave belonging to Dr. Lewis S. Collins of Cherry Ridge and was enjoying her first years of freedom. This was from the History of Wayne, Pike, and Monroe Counties, published in 1886 by Alfred Matthews. Now, thanks to a group of students and community leaders, Ms. Rose is depicted in a mural in Honesdale, just dedicated this past weekend. More on the local Juneteenth perspective in a bit. The Poconos is a year-round destination for millions, and with 2,400 square miles, of forests, mountains, lakes, and rivers, with iconic family resorts and historic downtowns, it's the perfect getaway. You can always find out more on PoconoMountains.com or watch PTN, the Pocono Television Network, streaming live 24-7 at PoconoTelevision.com. Thanks for listening. We'll have a new episode each week highlighting lots of the fun things you can experience while you're visiting the Poconos here in PA. Subscribe to Pocono Mountains Podcast, leave a review and comment on whatever platform you listen. Now, back to the episode. Juneteenth is past, but if the way it has been celebrated this past weekend is any indication, this holiday will continue to be a poignant and important way to remember a dark time in our nation's history and the moments that led to the end of slavery. Here is Chris Barrett with some extremely important people who are true leaders in the Poconos. Welcome back to Pocono Mountains Magazine. We're so happy to have you here today. And I'm really excited because we have a great segment coming up on Juneteenth. And first, I want to get right to it and introduce our guests who are going to tell us all about it. First to my right is Tamiko, Cleo is to her right, and Michelle is right to my left. So I think I want to start with the first question is, what, what is Juneteenth, Tamiko? Can you tell us a little bit about it? So Juneteenth is a celebration that um, started in 1866 after the slaves in Texas were uh, informed that they were free. This came um, two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation, so they were really um, freed uh, back in 1863, but they didn't find out until June 19, 1865. So that, that's where it came from. So that was really centuries ago. What has happened to make it a celebration that we're kind of talking about today? Well, we have wonderful people like Sister Cleo here who have um, uh, been pushing to make sure that the holiday is recognized. Um, 
and it became a, a state holiday here in Pennsylvania, again, uh, largely due to the uh, efforts of, of Cleo Jarvis um, back in 2019. And um, last year, President Biden made it a federal holiday, so now there's celebrations everywhere because um, people now understand that it's an important date that needs to be recognized. So Cleo, this is great. What happened in 2019 that got the state of Pennsylvania to do that? I never take credit for what the ancestors do. So the ancestors did that work, along with tons of other people. Um, I'm seeing her face in my head, and I can't remember her name right now, but there was an elder African-American woman in Harrisburg who actually pushed, along with Ron Brown of the Pennsylvania Juneteenth Coalition, and they invited me on. So I didn't, that, that's, I'm, I can't take credit for their work. Uh, for everybody else's work. It was the collective. And, and it's interesting you said ancestors. Uh -huh. What did you mean by ancestors' work? <laughs> Those gone before me who paved the path, whose steps I'm walking in and whose shoulders I stand on. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here right now talking like this. So they kept this, the spirit of Juneteenth alive. Oh, yes. Oh, the spirit of Juneteenth is so strong because it connects us directly to those people from the past. How does it connect us and why should we know that? Those people suffered. Their blood, sweat, and tears, and their toil is what made this country as great as it is for the most part. When you have free labor for 200 years, then you can be, you know, you know, you know balance sheet, profit and loss. You have gains beyond imagination. So, yes. We need to remember them. We need to remember the people who created the ironworks because they brought that craft with them on those ships. The people who could use spices and herbs and make something nasty taste great. Now it's called soul food. The people who, you understand? Yeah. The people who can take something that looked like nothing and make it something beautiful and now it's considered artifact. So those people need to be remembered. They didn't give up. Even though it was hard, they didn't give up. They stayed alive so that we could survive today and speak about them. It's great that we're, we're, we're doing this. And Michelle, I want to turn to you really quickly, too, to get you into this conversation. How, how was Juneteenth first celebrated? It was first celebrated in 1866, 1866 a year later after the, uh, I'll put that out there loosely, um, Freedom Day, um, Emancipation Day. And um, a year after Juneteenth, um, black Texans felt the need to publicly celebrate. It wasn't received well. So they took $1,000, bought a piece of property in Texas, um, started celebrating within that area, that park, that land, and it became known as Emancipation Park, which it's named today. Did it continue from 1866? It has continued throughout this day. And uh, today, what are some of the traditional things you could find at, at that type of celebration? Is there um, we have foods. We, sell, we go to our black history monuments. We go to museums, spend time in churches, um, celebrate with families, huge picnics, festivals, as we have up here in the Poconos, and many states celebrate with festivals. But just a huge day of celebration and paying homage to our ancestors. So whatever we can do to celebrate and make that day as big as it is, that's what we do. So Tamiko, I know you and I were talking a little bit before this and um, 
the, some of the research I've done shows that like in the 60s and the 70s, there was a little bit more of a resurgence mm -hmm. from African-Americans moving from the South to the North. How did that all happen as far as bringing the celebrations here more towards the North, the United States? Well, you know, it was always easier up north for, um, I'll say, African-Americans. So um, the, a lot of the um, traditions and, and cultures from the south, you know, it made their way up, up north. So that was just, Juneteenth was just another one of those um, celebrations. Um, you know, Nichelle mentioned about, you know, Galveston, Texas, where, you know, the first um, uh, Jubilee, they actually called it back then, the first Jubilee was held. And um, so, yeah, it was important that, you know, the word got up north, and, and it did. And as people migrated to the north, as, you know, many people did, um, and, and uh, brought the customs and, and information and, and knowledge and, um, and artifacts <laughs> to, to uh, the people in north so that they could be aware as well. So Cleo, I'm curious because Ancestors makes me curious because I love history. How do African-American families feel about Juneteenth? What, if I was to ask an African-American family, what is Juneteenth, what do you think they'd say? Well, it depends on who you ask. Because quite frankly, many people, even though they look like me, don't think like me and don't have the knowledge I have. And so they would have to be some, of, some people will have to be taught what Juneteenth is because, of course, you know that's not a part of school curriculum. And many families got disconnected. And remember, it started in the South, so depending on where the region is that you're talking about, they might not have known what Juneteenth is. So it took a long time and years, and because of national, the national sanction, pat on the back, or, yeah, go ahead and celebrate Juneteenth kind of energy, now people are like, what's this? Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know about that. No, just, you can't go by skin color. There are a lot of people of European ancestry who know a whole lot more about African and African-American history and culture than people of African-American history and culture, depending on where they're located and their, their conditioning and their circumference of comfort. It just, um, so if you ask me though, I could tell you. I'm going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I love Juneteenth because it not only helps us to remember the past, because, you know, they always, the elders always taught me as a child, and I'm an old lady now, um, but as a child, that if you don't know your past, you're doomed to repeat the past. Right. And so we need to remember the past, but don't dwell there. And we need to use the past to inform where we're going. So, and we have a bright future and we have a lot to celebrate. We have accomplished so much. So that's why Juneteenth is a celebration. It's a remembrance and a celebration at the same time. So for me, that's where I would come from with Juneteenth. And that's why it, it will survive because it doesn't dwell in the past. It celebrates the future. Um, and it that's celebrates great. freedom. That's a great point, freedom, which is the really yes. important point there. Real mm -hmm. important point. So, Nichelle, one of the things I wanted to ask too is, what, what, from my research showed that a lot of the early celebrations really kind of gravitated around churches, correct? Like, and this is such a beautiful church that we're in right now, Bethlehem in Strasbourg. Um, what was that like? Was the church like the center of the community at that time? Um, early yeah, on? a lot of the churches is, are where we were able to come together as a family. We weren't able to publicly 
celebrate. So churches where families really were able to love, celebrate, and feel safe in it for to an extent. But that's where Juneteenth would more or less be celebrated. It started with dinners and you know praises and singing our national anthem, "We Shall Overcome," and we we were able to do that in in the in peace, in a sense of peace, with a sense of peace. So yeah, that's where. It, pretty much we gravitated to the churches for safety and security and for the love that was within the churches. So have the churches really been kind of the keepers of this over time, this celebration? Uh, no, I think it, within the communities, depending on each individual, how strongly they feel about the celebration of Juneteenth has been the keepers. So the families, the ancestors, our elder relatives keep it instilled in the families. So individually in each household, I think that's really where it is instilled. So two things I do want to definitely talk about is, I know we talked about Juneteenth, which is great, but I want to talk a little bit about where we're sitting right now. So Tamika, where are we sitting and, and why is it important? So we are sitting in the Stroudsburg Little Bethel Historical Association's building. It used to be the Stroudsburg Little Bethel AME, African Methodist Episcopal Church. And this building um, was built in 1868. Prior to that, um, in the record, public records, there was apparently a structure that was built in 1855 somewhere across the street. And it, it was, um, it was bought by white people, but um, then given to um, some uh, black families. This was the first church that African-Americans had of their own in this area, in the Stroudsburg area, so that, you know, high, highly important to know. It is rumored that this was possibly a stop on the Underground Railroad. On the floor, there's a little um, floorboard that can pull up, and it was, it's rumored that um, escaped slaves um, actually came here and hid under, under the floor here. Um, and um, also down the road, we know Dansbury Depot, we were told that Henry Box Brown was an escaped slave from Virginia and he mailed himself in the box. And again, it was rumored that he actually mailed himself to the Danbury Depot train station and may have attended this church. So we haven't been able to prove that yet, wow. but that's what we were told. We have to wrap this, which I hate to do. But there's one question I wanted to ask to the panel because I think it's important. A hundred years from now, where, how do you envision Juneteenth will be celebrated 100 years from now? Cleo, really quick, I'm going to ask you first. <laughs> wow. A hundred years from now, I hope that Juneteenth will be celebrated as we hover in our flying cars <laughs> and we can go all over the world and visit every Juneteenth, it won't be called Juneteenth, maybe in, in London, but it would be called Freedom Day, and we could go to their Freedom Day, and it'd be tele, it would be um, live streamed in real time, and we could all celebrate together at the same time. Tamiko. <laughs> A hundred years from now. Um, I think that the celebrations will be grander, um, and you know, as more people learn about it, learn about the, the celebration, I don't really want to call it a holiday, but a celebration mm -hmm. and recognition, I think more and more people you know, will know about it, and it'll be celebrated widely, just like the 4th of July is. Michelle, you get the okay. I would say I would <laughs> like to see uh, history, our history in the history books, but I don't know if there'll be books in 100 years. Everything will be technical. so. Um, I just hope that our history is taught to the youth of the future because our history, black history is history and it needs to be included. So that's how I see Juneteenth as a, big, a day that needs to be 
um, taught in schools, and I hope that it's as largely celebrated with fireworks and honor of offices shut down, closed, no option of work. This is the holiday, this is your day. Emancipation Day, Juneteenth, Celebration, Freedom Day, all that. Well, gosh, I hate that at their butt. We're gonna be doing a Pocono Perspectives with this panel, so I hope you'll tune into that. But for now, I'm Chris Barrett for Pocono Mountains Magazine and this lovely panel. We'll be right back. Cleo, Tomiko, and Nichelle all help us remember what the significance of Juneteenth is to everyone. We thank them for their contribution, not just to the segment, but to our region as well. Juneteenth and the Little Bethel AME Church, two significant parts of what makes the Poconos and our nation what it is. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Pocono Mountains Podcast. Please remember to subscribe anywhere podcasts are available. Come visit us in the Pocono Mountains. Plan your trip today. Mm -hmm.